Vicious. Welcome to a very happy New York talk. Um, we have got a belting 2 0 win at Ipswich Town to talk about, which we're all pretty excited about. And then we're going to look into another big game, the Oxford coming up on Saturday, Saturday afternoon, three o'clock Saturday. Um, so thank you, everyone, for listening, if you are. Uh, Mick and Danny are with us, so thank you for joining us, boys. Hello. Hello, everybody. Um, so, yeah. Let's talk about the game. We all watched in different settings. Danny was there in the cold. Uh, me and Mick had to put up with iFollow. To be fair, iFollow was terrible, but I really enjoyed the commentary, Mick. I don't know about you, Santo and Joe Matic. I really enjoyed listening to Matic. I thought it was really good. Yeah, Joe Matic in particular, brilliant. Brilliant. Uh, some really good insights into the way that they train mm. and what they do and um, and how they keep the shape and, and, and everything else. It was quite interesting, really interesting. I mean, the best part of it for me was when the commentary was 20 or 30 seconds ahead of the, the video. That that really kind of made me evening. Um, you know, watching video in slow motion and commentary of something that's happening in the future. It was great. Yeah, sensational. Uh, <laughs> and Danny, how cold was it on a scale of one to very cold? Um, I'd probably give it about a seven. Seven That's out of ten, bad. cold wise. Um, when I went to the Papa John's game against Scunthorpe, I was colder, but that was my own fault. Mm. I didn't have much on. Um, <laughs> but no, but, but no, I, much I, information, I was, that Danny. <laughs> no, I was prepared for this one. I had two t shirts on and a big jacket, so I was prepared for this one. But it was still, it still nipped at your heels, the cold. Mm. Yes, it's a good deal, isn't it? So let's crack on. Um, 2 0 victory. Uh, anyway, Ipswich Town, and to be fair, Danny, there was barely a moment in the game where we were in any trouble, it was just comfortable, yeah. Yeah, I mean, playing a club like Ipswich, <clears throat> who have a very strong desire to get out of this league, mm. will never be easy. But when you keep them at bay for the best part of 89 minutes, which I think is when they had their first shot on target, and even that was a tame mm. header, you know, you've done something right, and I think. We stuck to our game plan, which uh, the fellow who was on, the Ipswich fan who was on, said would be completely against our Ipswich play. We just kept pressure on them. Uh, we never really tried to long ball it. We tried to keep it on the floor as much as possible, especially down the wings. And it just prevailed. It was a very easy after um, easy evening. Um, and I don't think anyone's really got fatigued from it or anything. Uh, mm. So, yeah, it's just a good all-round result. Mm. Yeah, it's one of those, Mick, that sort you sort of think if that if if you said to me in August that you're going to go to Ipswich and bat, basically batter them two 0 which is essentially what happened, mm. you'd be thinking that's a that's an amazing result, that's a statement victory. Mm. Is it a statement victory, or am I underplaying it in my head that it's? Do you know what I mean? Well, you you've got to look at it depends it depends who you're making the statement to, doesn't it? Ultimately. You know, because the vast majority of clubs in this division know what we're about. Um, so, so if you if you if you're looking at making that statement to other clubs, then probably not. Other bunches of supporters, probably not. 
you know, if you're trying to make that statement to the media, then yeah, it's a statement as far as they're concerned because it should be top of the league because they spent however many millions on players. You know what I mean? That's how that's how they view it, you know. And I'm sure that's something that we might come on to later on, non Rotherham United related. You know, the, the more money you spend, the bigger you are, and therefore the more successful you are. Is so yeah, it is a statement in that respect. But let's be fair, the only danger that we were up against the other night, the only danger was the ten minutes probably before half time when Gavin Ward lost his head. Which he did. But he did, didn't he? Yeah, he did, no. Yeah. Yeah. I think Ricky were a bit mad. Let me let me put my hands up first of all and say I don't think he had that bad a game. You know? Oh, yeah. I don't think yeah. he had that bad a game. He were all right. It weren't bad. But in that run up to to half time, the, the incident with Icky and what have you, you could see he had completely lost it. He was absolutely furious and he's strutting about and you know, obviously Icky got the, the yellow card and probably, probably to be fair, should have had a second yellow. The way you were mouthing off at him, um, but that that was the literally the only danger we had all night. There, there weren't any more, were there? No. So you know, it's an absolute awesome result, awesome performance against the club that should, on paper, be in the position that we're in now. Yeah, they should. I agree. A uh, few comments if you're on YouTube or Facebook. Feel free to send us a comment over. Uh, Ian Bradley's with us. Uh, Danny, he says the matchday vlog is very good. And if anybody's watching or listening hasn't, once you've finished listening to this, go over and watch the matchday <laughs> vlog just to relive a great night. In, yeah, uh, thank in you very Switch. much, Ian. Um, Ian Bradley, Ian Bradley thought he was ice. <laughs> when my eye follow went bad, I texted you, Mick, to find yeah, yeah, yeah. mine. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> a bit of a nightmare, that one. Um, Philip Ronson mentioned after listening to the Ipswich guy we had on the podcast on. Sunday, Sunday or Monday, he was totally confident we would, that we would win. Um, yeah, we haven't got an Oxford fan on before Saturday. I was only able to find one, which is a shame. But uh, Carl's answered my text. I, I, I texted Carl to ask him if he'd come on and give us a bit of an update. And he's, he's, I think he might have blocked me. It <laughs> <laughs> um, rather mentioned about the, the according to the press and the media and everything else, we're still a long ball team. Keep thinking that, boys. Keep, boys and girls, keep thinking it. Uh, we're big, strong, physical bullies. Keep thinking. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I write mentions Ipswich and, fan, Ipswich and Sunderland fans are already in meltdown. Many fans want to make the match for Saki. I saw Sunderland fans uh, asking for uh, Lee Johnson to be to be sacked as well. So, And we're just sitting pretty for the time being. Um Oh, jolly at top league coming. Curiously, sitting pretty, not having sacked as manager after we've lost three games. Might be a coincidence, that I don't know. You know what I mean? It's about time some of these people got a grip of the sentence, isn't it? Because it's just ridiculous. You know, we've got it down road at, um, at Bramble Lane. Oh, and we'll then, uh, yeah, right. Yeah, we'll talk <laughs> about that. Yeah. yeah, let's get the good stuff out of the way before yeah, we yeah, yeah, yeah. the clubs. Yeah. Um... <laughs> <laughs> So with a couple of changes, Smithy came back in for Grigg, uh, Lindsay came in for Sadlier, and then at uh, the very, very last minute, Mick, to be fair, you predicted this, you predicted that the keeper would drop out at 7.45 and the second kick would have to come in. And yeah. that's exactly what happened. Unfortunately for Vickers, Victor had to come in. Uh, but what can you mean to it? Vickers, he had nothing to do with Anthony. He had basically nothing to do all game. Yeah. I mean, I like to be fair... I mean, one of the most the highlight of the night for me was the fact that Gavin Ward gave a foul <laughs> on Victor Johansson, and Victor's still alive. 
It's remarkable. <laughs> yeah, I never thought I'd see it. I had to, I had to rewound it. If I could have rewound it, I would have rewound it just to watch it again. Amazing, amazing scenes, mate. Yeah. Um, Smith came in, Smith and Freddie, partner for the first time since the, after the Sunderland game. Um, you look like I've got an understanding, Danny. I know neither of them scored, but there is now an understanding. We haven't really seen that in the past couple of seasons. They've got it together, haven't they, them two? Yeah, I think now that <clears throat> Freddie is definitely more of a pressing striker, they seem to be uh, complementing each other a lot more. When Freddie played a bit more standoffish, it was more of a, um, you know, Smith as the target man, but also as the hold-up player, and then Ladipo would be the tapping merchant. Uh, but now that Freddie's pressing a lot more, they, like I said, they complement each other a lot more. Like Smith can hold up the ball and Freddie can run off him and uh, and create space for himself as well. And, yeah, it's a partnership that seems to be uh, showing signs it's going to be quite fruitful this season. I mean, Smith's already got... How many goals has he got? I think he's got about 13 goals oh, in all competitions. You know? Yeah. So, obviously, and I think he scored in the EFL mm. Trophy as well. And then yeah. Freddie's got eight in all competitions. So, he's catching up, you know. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's a, it's a partnership that's doing well. That doesn't take away from Grig or Kyoda or anything like that. It's just that we seem to have partnerships that work, like Smith and Grig, Smith and Grig work, Smith and Freddie work. Freddie and Grig work, and then Kaode's still that hungry youngster, and he works in both systems as well, which is amazing to see. And I think that shows why we've scored 34 goals in the league and however many in EFL trophy I've lost count now. <laughs> About a thousand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is, yeah, it is very, very good. Um, the defence, uh, well, it was a change of defence, actually. I didn't mention them a change of defence. Icky came in for Harding. Um, I don't know why that change has happened, but let's talk about the defence. Before we move on to the goals, let's talk about the defence because we've got a few comments here. Um, it, Ian Bradley says Benj was exceptional. Also, ask about Rathbone for the future game. Baza, Reg was exceptional. Reg was exceptional, Nick. It just, <laughs> everything that came towards him, boom, gone. Every, boom, gone. It was just excellent. He's muted himself. <laughs> I've muted myself. I'm badly. I don't want to cough all over everybody. Um, I don't want to pass me pass me germs on. Uh, yeah, I mean, we've we've just about covered Reg already in, in those comments, haven't we? He was he was man of the match for me. He was the man of the match. Was Reg? He was just different level, and that's saying something when he's playing against alongside the likes of Richard Wood, uh, alongside Michael Ehekwe, alongside Wes Harding. He's still a different level. That man. Mm. Um, you know, so yeah, it was brilliant, absolutely brilliant, and he's got a really good understanding with Chio as well, you know, yes. um, and that that's that's that seems to be developing really, really well as well. So it's yeah, it's all positive, mate, all positive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Icky had his moments, but I think that was just argument <laughs> referee. Um, <laughs> Woody was basically faultless again, Danny. There was the only only thought you give Woody is that chance in the first half. They couldn't just get his body round to play to play it back across the goal in the obviously attacking that. But other than that, Woody again had a flawless night. Yeah, he has, and I also like how Woody's starting to find himself for some reason in a in an attacking midfielder position <laughs> in some games as well. I mean, it happened against Cambridge. Um, can't remember if I had it in the vlog or not. Uh, but then at Sam's against Sunderland, he was in a very advanced position, and mm. to see someone of Woody's 
I want to say age because it sounds a bit ageist, but as someone of Woody's experience will say, still being able to make the run forward and then get back and defend mm. exceptionally well, it just shows how much he's come on, not only under Paul Warren's stewardship, but under the other managers as well. And I think he's probably in the best part of his career. And to say the best part of his career is like 34 years plus, you don't see that with mm. footballers very often. And I think he will stay true to his word. I think he will play into his 40s. I'm fully expecting to see Woody in five years' time still lining up in our defence at 40 years of age. He did talk about that when he came on the podcast, didn't he? Saying that he he seems to be uh, reaching his peak uh, at this age. And and he also talked about the fact that he feels confident in the players playing around him for him to be able to step out into midfield um, and and, and further sometimes. So, Mm. So, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, he's just... It's just, it's colossal, isn't it? Yeah, he's having a double at coaching the under-18s as well, which is good to see. Yeah, uh, Someone like him passing on his knowledge of someone who's played in two distinct areas of football. You know, he's, yeah. he's played in the pre um, and, and even in the younger stages of the EFL, as we know it now. And football's changed since Woody came into the game and he's adapted and maybe the knowledge of physicality has improved so much that he can played later on, maybe into his 40s as well. Um, mm. So, yeah, I mean, all the best to Woody, open up the under-18s, but just keep your focus on the first team and keep, <laughs> you know, being that wrecking ball in defence, Woody. Yeah, and I suppose we best replug it. We spoke to Woody earlier on the season, so if you want to go on YouTube or, or through, our, through our podcast pages, uh, Talking Millers with Richard Wood is on there. It talks about all these sort of things. So if you haven't watched that already, which you should have done, Go over there and watch it again. Oh, watch it again. You can always watch it again or listen to it again. Yeah, and, and if you've not watched now, it, watch it later. Yeah, if you've that not later, watched yeah. it, he, uh, he he sort of cements his place as the magic man as well by doing a magic trick for us, doesn't he? Yes, he does. He does. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> 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 okay. Well, a lot of preamble for before we talk about the goals. So let's talk about the goal. First goal. Um, Super Ben Wiles. Um, <laughs> Talk about the strike first, and then we'll talk about the build-up to it, which we forced them into. Make what, what can you say about the strike? It was almost a replica <laughs> of, the, of the Bolton strike. Obviously, he, he, he moved further the ball, but he's just getting better and better every week. That kid, it's just brilliant to watch. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, the 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 clearance, the cleared header from Icky first of all. Initially, when you first see it with a closed camera angle, you think it's just a a, a kind mm. of headed hoof upfield, if you like. Yeah. But when you when you see it from the wider angle, you can see exactly what Icky's trying to do, and he's is it's inch perfect for Smith. Smith's yeah. touch is just sublime; it's absolutely beautiful. And then the run, the run from 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 uh, from from Ben Wiles is is it's almost messy like it's almost messy like. And, and I don't know whether that's just because the defending was god-awful or whether he made him look that bad, I don't know. But mm. either way, the, the run and and the strike and the, and the finish, it is almost... I mean, that's a, that's a ridiculous comment to make, you know, from, from a, a third-tier English side. But that's mm. what it was like. If you if you if you sort of close your eyes, you can imagine Lionel Messi doing exactly that. You've seen him do it a hundred times. Um, phenomenal, absolutely fantastic. What a player! Yeah, but Paul Warren described him as one of the best defenders in the, one of the the best midfielder in the league, Danny. Um, 
And to be fair to him, fair, fair to Ben Wilde, we talk, we talk about Michael Smith, about how he's improved his own game. Ben Wiles, even from the start of this season, has improved the master. I know we've played him a bit further forward, but you can see him week on week improving his, his cleverness, his, his, his way he reads the game. He is getting better and better and better, and we're only going to benefit from this because he's just a pleasure to watch. Oh, yeah, 100%. <clears throat> and the thing that I think catches some people out is that he is only 22. And mm. to say he's had this much development at 22 and he's got about 115 appearances mm. for us, I think, about at that, only yeah. 22. He, he is destined for a much higher league than Rotherham are capable of, like probably Premier League standard, to be honest. But hopefully he just flies under the radar just a little bit longer and stays <laughs> for a season in the Championship, you know, just to cement his place there. Same with Chio. Um but yeah, Wales's development this season has been somewhat sort of astonishing. Um, if you've watched the video that the RUFC put out about his goals this season, the knowledge and skill that he has to not just pull off shots like that, but to also manoeuvre himself into a position where he can have those shots, mm. where he didn't really do it in other seasons, or at least didn't have the, uh, the knowledge that he has now to have done it. It's amazing. You know, like the goals against Bolton and Ipswich and... The way he kills his foot round the ball, like, and it's an opposite feet as well, like it's his left foot in the right hand corner. It's like I'd, I'd never be capable of that in ten years of training, and Wales <laughs> has pulled it off in a single three season of training. Like you know, fair play to him. And to say he is one of the best midfielders in the league, if not the best, like Paul Warren says, when you meet him in person, he's he's just still humble. He stays humble, and even how he celebrates, he stays humble. Mm. And I think that's. The ideology that the clubs put into him is they don't have an ego, just stay humble and take it and take every game as it comes and just keep improving, which is amazing to see. And we're seeing it with the other youth that's coming through mm. as well. You know, yeah. so Curtis De Rose might be the next Ben Wiles. And if <laughs> and if it can live up to that, then just keep turning out the young players with amazing quality. So fair play mm. to everybody involved. And fair play to Ben. Yeah. Seven goals for the season. Amazing. Let's get off at fence here, mate. Let's get off at fence. He is the best midfielder in this division. <laughs> there's, there's, no, I mean, he, he, he is. There's no question in my point, in my view. There is no question whatsoever, you know. And we had that conversation and that that joke and Mickey Tech at beginning of the season when we played fouls from Dark Road. You know, he is a different class, different level to anybody else in this division. And we've said it a long time. We've said it a long time. All of us have said it about Ben Wiles, even last season when he was being, you know, pushed from pillar to post, from different position to different position. He is the best midfielder in this division, bar none, in my view. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see. <clears throat> I mean, we've compared him to Barry Bannon in past you can. and got <clears throat> and got a little bit of stick for it. Um, but I want to see how their stats compare. What was Barry Bannon like at twenty-two compared to Ben Wiles? Mm. And I think there'll be quite a big difference. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, Barry, Barry Bannon's watching and he, and he agrees with me. <laughs> um. <laughs> sorry, Bazza. I'm sorry, mate. I know, you, I, know, I know you're not. I'm just, I just felt right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we, 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 we haven't criticised, but we sort of questioned at the start of the season when he was struggling a bit. We sort of questioned when, when is it an age where we can start sort of, sort of taking him seriously as a pressure footballer? Is it a stage where he is where if he makes a mistake, it's all right to criticise him, but it's all right to look at what he's doing. I think we're probably at that stage now. Mm. If he drops his levels, 
he would be disappointed in himself. If he doesn't continue to play at this level, I think probably in himself he will be disappointed. As fans, we would, I'm sure Paul Warren was. And that's sort of the sign of him that this is where we are. This is this is the bar now for him. You know what I mean? If this drops below this, then there's gonna he's, he's gonna be concerned maybe. I and mean, he'll, he'll add a dip in form. But this is this is a minimum for him now. If he doesn't go on for a bit too big or anything, which we all expect him to do, I'll be disappointed for him. And I'm sure he will for himself because he is just continuing to improve. And mm-hmm. like I said, it's amazing to watch. Um, <clears throat> we should point out you mentioned Icky and Smithy there, Mick, and I think you're bang on right. But as we mentioned with Freddie at the start of the show, the goal came from Freddie pressing the keeper. Yeah, it did, yeah. Uh, and it wasn't a half-hearted press. He pressed the keeper quite hard. Uh, and we should point that out because we, we've given Freddie's work with it a, a fair amount of stick in the past. We have, yeah. A fair amount of criticism. Um, but that's how the game is coming along massively. And if he doesn't do that, we don't score. This is, it is as simple as that, really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so a great team goal. A great, great team goal. Uh Ended up with a bit of uh, individual brilliance. Um, the second goal came from a work of Chio and Lindsay down the right hand side. Um, I was impressed with Lindsay, Danny. Very, very impressed with Lindsay because he's been out of team with Red Rathbone and everything else. You sort of forget I could have played Jamie Lindsay's. Yeah, but you do. He, he is probably it's difficult to compare. I, I admire them comparing with Rathbone because that's the type of player they are. It, Lindsay's technically probably ahead of Rathbone, whereas Rathbone's probably slightly ahead of the work rate. Do you know what I mean by that? It's... Yeah, I do actually. I think Rathbone's just got a different gear in him when it comes to running mm. and pressing, whereas Lindsay's, you're more feisty and sort of mm. bouncy midfielder. Like he'll <clears throat> he'll just keep pursuing the ball, but he won't press with as much intensity as Rathbone does. Yeah. Um, you could say that's because Lindsay spent more time in Scotland because it's a more physical league. Um, so if he keeps pressing high, he might end up being clattered. Um, whereas Rathbun's been with Rochdale again, League Two's physical, but you know it's not quite Scotland. You know, um, but yeah, with, with Lindsay, he's come in after his stimpy injury, got straight back into the starting eleven after being on the bench. A little bit fortunate for him that Rathbun is out mm-hmm. ill, and that's given him his chance. But like Ian said earlier, does Rathbone get his shirt back straight away? I'm I'm not sure because okay, Lindsay's cool. come in and been borderline faultless. You know, like his exchange with Chio was because <clears throat> it was banging line where we were sat mm. in whatever stand it was at Portman Road, and the link up play where it goes to Chio and then to Lindsay and then Lindsay just takes out two defenders with one pass and then Chio was in straight away. Mm. It was brilliant to watch. It was brilliant football to witness live in the cold, granted. But um Yeah I mentioned then, you were cold. <laughs> but but then Freddie sort of has a shot which is parried off by the keeper, which is unfortunate for Freddie. Mm. But I don't know, Smith seems to have some sort of sixth sense. I don't know if Fergie shouted to him or what, but he just sort of like back heels it. And then Fergie smashes it into the roof and there. It's like, what exchanges happened there? Like, I know Ferguson doesn't score many goals and it's his first goal for us. Mm. But to say they all had the passion and they all just came bombing over to yeah. the away end in front of fans, it, it was brilliant to see. And I've watched a, uh, an Ipswich Town vlog on it and the fans are going absolutely ballistic. It was, it was brilliant. Um, but yeah, Lindsay's, <clears throat> to get back to the point, Lindsay's... Just to start in for me, as long as Ollie's recovering and doing well from his illness, mm. don't rush him back. You know, there's no mm. need to rush him back because we've got ample cover. We say it every week, but 
the strength in depth is incredible. Mm. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and it's not like we change Lindsay out for Sadlier, and that's tactical. You know, you're not swapping like for like. If you swap Lindsay out for Rathbone, you're essentially doing like for like, which is harsh on Lindsay. Um, I completely agree. Um, like, like Danny says, make that build up play. They tried it once before, before it actually worked. Mm. We tried it once before and it failed. Yeah. Uh, the Ipswich defenders didn't read it. Um, and Gio's just a monster. He's talking about Joe Massick mentioned it in commentary. He just you just can't stop him. And, and yeah. you, you sort of you forget because in my head, I'm thinking Jamal Campbell Rice, Chris Cedric, people like that are the old school wingers who are just wingers. They're not very strong, they're a bit quick, they can maybe put cross in. Chio's a mix of that plus a strong sort of fullback. It's a cross between those players and Wes Harding, but with more pace. Mm. Uh, and that's what got he, he had to be strong, Chio. He, he couldn't just run through. He had to be strong to get past the man. He did it all game. And yeah, I just love the guy even more. He's <laughs> got, at the end of the day, he's got 90% of what he needs to be a, a Premier League footballer as Chio. It's mm. just his final ball that, that lets him down. It's, it's too inconsistent with his final ball. And we, we've talked about it and they'll be working on it. So it's not something to dwell on. But but yeah, I mean, I mean that was outstanding. Just going back to the Rathbone-Lindsay argument, I, I think they are very, very similar players. Very similar players. And, and I think the only difference for me is that they both press. They both press really well. They're both aggressive in there in the tackle. The, the only difference is you can see how Rathbone does it. You can see Rathbone get into that challenge. Lindsay just turns up. You know the ball, the balls, there, and then Lindsay just appears out of nowhere. You know what I mean? We said it last year, last season in Championship. You know, as soon as the, the ball went to an opposition midfielder, Lindsay were there, and you didn't see him coming. Um, and that's about the only difference, really. Uh, he was great, Lindsay. Great to have him back. The, uh, the Ipswich commentator summed it up. Rotherham seemed to have thirteen or fourteen players on the pitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And three were yeah, James exactly. Lindsay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, it was it was very very good. Shane Ferguson, as as they mentioned, gets his first goal for the club. I think it's something I'll double check now. It's I don't think he's got ten goals in his career yet, um, or if he has, he's only just made it. Let me see if we can find out. Uh, it's eight. That's his eighth league goal of his career, having played over two hundred times. <laughs> so always didn't score very many. That's why he panicked on Saturday. You know what Eddie had, which he should have he should have shot with. Um, that's why he fluffed that one. Um, yeah, we haven't mentioned that Barley's. We're 26 minutes in, and we haven't mentioned that Barley's. <laughs> I can't believe it. This is how good it were. Um, again, sensational, Danny. That little turn he did that again, the IOC's put on Twitter to just completely mug off that Ipswich play. I mean, that poor <laughs> defender. Oh, just, just better. <laughs> I mean, sometimes words escape you for Dan Barley's, or he's just that. He's just that good, but I will say that his position is definitely better suited to the more sitting midfielder role. Like, not 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 like a CDM position, but he's just behind like your midfield four line, where his distribution's better. And and, and even against Ipswich, I mean, like I say, words escape you sometimes. But the one highlight for me is, like you say, when he mugs off the Ipswich player. But it's the way he does it. He doesn't just turn and, and go past him. He sort of turns and flicks it over him and he's gone. It's like, yeah. it's a it's a violation, in all honesty. <laughs> about the player. It's just a violation. And we've, we've seen it from him before. Like he's, he's very technical on the ball, but he's also got a little bit about him where he mm. can beat a player. And again, that's come on leaps and bounds this season mm. from past seasons. Um, Yeah. 
just yeah, Dan Bar laser. That's the tweet. End of discussion. <laughs> yeah. Anything to add, Mick? No. No. Well, what can you add? The man's, the man's, a, the man's a genius, and like like Ian, Ian Bradley's mentioned there in the, in the comments, he is the quarterback. In it, you know, it, it's almost he's almost made that a, an official football position. Um, you know, proper football, not not the daft football that Ben plays. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 and he's almost made that an actual position. It is just immense. Yeah. Yeah, he is. Uh, let's have a few comments. Chris Wright thought the fans were outstanding Tuesday night. That's you, Danny. Yeah, 200, yeah, how many were there? 200, how many? 267. 267. That's a hell of a so journey so on Tuesday night. So about 40 more than the last trip to Portman Row, which is good. How was the COVID thing? We never, I never had a chance to ask you yet. How was the COVID? Oops. Um, to say the um, how they, how they send the letter and mm. is that an other to you? It was annoyingly easy because ah. on the because le- on the letter it makes out the Portman Road like Fort Knox, but you get we get to the door and it's like have you got your COVID vaccine thing? And if you've got the COVID passport on your phone, it's as easy to just go. Yep, there's mine. Have you got your ID? Yep, right in you go. Like you don't have to wear a, even though the staff are wearing masks, they don't like tell you to wear a mask or anything. Um, it's 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 easy. It's just like getting into New York Stadium, but with one extra step, which is to show yeah. your your COVID vaccine, and then to prove it's you, show your ID, and that's it. Um, there's no mask wearing on the con on the concourse where the bar is. Um, there's no mask wearing in the stand or anything. It's it's easier than they make it out to be. And I think mm. if the letter wasn't misleading with how hard it was, we could have brought over three hundred. To be honest. I've seen a lot of people say they didn't go because of how daft the COVID thing was, but when we got there, it was easy. Mm. You know, and I mean, I've made a a point of saying the way they've made it out seemed really hard, and my mum's had a go at me about going on about it. <laughs> um, but no, it it was easy to it was very easy to get in, and yeah, I think if they weren't misleading, easily three hundred mm. fans there for us. I, I think so, they know what they're doing. Still not enough 300, is it? It's a disgrace. It's embarrassing support. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that, yeah. Um, where are we? Um, we'll come on to that one in a minute. Um, Baza says Reg was outstanding. Uh, Ian Bradley asked this question, which, sort of, which leads on nice to the Oxford game. Is three games in seven days too much for Woody? I was a tiny bit surprised he started on Tuesday, Danny, because, mm. of, the, because of the week we've got. Now the, the the argument against that is that after Saturday we've got ten day rest in in terms of league action, so Woody can have effectively a ten day rest because he doesn't need to play in either cup game. Um, it, only Paul Warren's going to know this answer, I suppose. But what what are your thoughts on him playing so many games in short space? I think if he feels up to it, let him do it. Mm. To be honest, I mean, like we've said, that Woody is an an extremely fit and and. Um, Footballer for not not just his age, but the way he plays his football, he's extremely fit, and I think that's a benefit of being with us. Mm. So if he feels up for playing the Oxford game and he doesn't need as much conditioning in training because there's a very short gap in time between mm. training sessions this time, I mean, if yeah, if he feels up to it, let him do it. I mean, we do have adequate cover because he, he can come into the middle and then you can play hard in. in in that the left centre back role will bring Matic into it as well. So we do have options if he's feeling a bit knackered, but if he's up to it, let him do it because he'll he'll put in a good performance regardless. Mm. 
Yeah. Fair point. Uh, there we go, Gary. As I mentioned, our youth uh, earlier, he adds that just how promising and good our youth can. We've got currently Dan Wiles, Josh Cody in the first team squad, Jake Hull. That's not including the other ones that are, that are playing in the Papa John's and the Youth Cup, which is still ongoing as well. Um, Paul Cherrick on Facebook thinks we must, must, he must have the best midfielder in the division. Yes. We've got three, we've got three of the best ones, three or four of the best ones. <laughs> um, yeah, that's the game, and it has 2 0, mate. Um, to be fair to which I know you get, you get a lot of idiots on Twitter, but I've had a lot of fans come to me, uh, come, to the, come to the Twitter account directly. We've had a few DMs from a couple of their podcasts saying how well and impressed they were with us. And that's, again, it's, it's something that's strange as a Rotherham fan. We're not used to it. Yeah. But week in, week out, from managers and, well, some managers, from some managers and opposition fans are sort of going, I can't believe how good you guys are. And mm. it's weird. But that must mean we'd, we'd, we played really well for them, for them to be praising us. We're playing a different kind of football. You know, all these clubs are expecting expecting what... What, what they read about, as you know, the, like you've said before, we talked about earlier on, the, the long ball, the physical, the physical, you know, bullying kind of uh, tactics, and we don't play that way. You know, we get the ball on the floor, we play, we play the ball really, really well. And, and we were a million times the better side on Tuesday night. But we've also been the better side in the vast majority of games that we've played all season, so by some distance, you know. So uh, it's not. It shouldn't be a surprise to us. But you're right. It is nice. It is nice to get some 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 decent comments off off um, off, off the opposition, you know. And and to be fair to Paul Cook, I'm not a massive fan of him. Um, I, I can't remember now the words that he used, but they were extremely complimentary uh, yeah. about Rotherham United. You know, about being driven and um, and and want, essentially just wanting it more than everybody else. Um, so so yeah. It's good. It's good, and it's, boy, it's, it's deserved. You know, they've worked hard to get to this position. So they deserve. Yeah, we're just using an excuse. We, some, sometimes you get managers sort of using yeah. the opposite excuse, but it clearly wasn't that. Okay, they were. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay, manager. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so yes, the good thing is we've played it for it's now. that way. The worry is eventually they might click. We're not going to worry about that till like April or something. So that's fine. Um, Liam McGarry asks that Stockport game why is it moved to Friday if it's not on TV please advise I assume Stockport are going to bring a few um, I think they've sold nearly yeah. 2,000 already Stockport wow. that should be a good game looking forward to that that should be good mm. um, Ian Bradley mentions Paul Cook's post which very, 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 were class very complimentary and all in one tone one voice uh, <laughs> which is an achievement for him yeah <laughs> um, he didn't use the word he didn't use the word bullying as Adrak mentions it was overused by a lot of clubs Mm. Um, Paul Cook didn't use that word. Once used by some fans, but stuff them. Yeah, whatever. They want to. They want to UEFA Cup. You know, Nick. They want to UEFA Cup. Them. Did they really? Apparently. Did so. they really? Yeah. Well, we we were League Cup finalists once, weren't we? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's just nonsense, isn't it? It's just absolute nonsense. But I'm I'm just trying to find out find what he said now, but I can't find it. He said something yeah. about um, Rotherham at the, the level that Ipswich aspire to be. And there was one yeah. Ipswich fan who got majorly triggered. And he went, oh, I remember our team playing Barcelona and winning 3-0 in 1977. And now our level's to be like Rotherham. It's like, well, we're as good as yeah. Barcelona. You know, we, we Seems always like Rotherham. As, as, yeah, Johan Cruyff, Barcelona. Now, nah, mate, 2021 Rotherham United. There you go. <laughs> Take that out. 
<laughs> to be fair, we'll probably we'll, we'll probably better run than Barcelona. To be fair, oh, yeah, just a little bit. Yeah. So, he, what yeah. Paul Cook said, how he described him was what described of him was a team full of hunger and desire, life and energy, um, which which I think is a perfect description. Absolutely perfect description. That's exactly what they are. But you can add into that not 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 a very not a small amount of ability as well. You know what I mean? There's a lot of talent in there. Yeah, I don't think if we beat Oxford on Saturday, I don't think we'll get the same kind of chat from poor little Carl over Oxford. Um, anyway, now we're going to move across to a talk about Oxford. Before we move on to Oxford, um, we're going to have a quick word from our sponsor, which is Manscaped. Uh, and then we'll come back after this and we'll talk about Oxford. This video is sponsored by Manscaped. Manscaped are the best at below-the-waist grooming. Over 4 million lads and lasses use Manscaped worldwide, including yours truly. Now, Manscaped have given me an early look-see at their latest trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0, and I tell you what, it is some quality stuff. They've also given me a look-see at the ball deodorant and the ball toner, which you use for your... Use code NYT for 20% off and free shipping at the checkout when you visit manscaped.com. Now... Back to your regularly scheduled program. Back. Uh, I should mention um, they're having a Black Friday sale, Manscaped. So you go to manscaped.com. They are, they've got some good offers on there because it's you know Black Friday because we do that kind of thing. Um, so Oxford United, another another away another away game, uh, another visit to a, the Catam Stadium. First time we visited there since the. Famous January 2023 one battering. Um, that was one of those performances, Danny, to just look back on that because it was so special, such a special uh, performance. That performance is what we're doing now on a regular basis. That's, that's the improvement yeah. from us. Yeah, that game sort of came at a time where we were finding a feat in that mm. season. Um, and we are sort of at the same level now, but we've started slowly, as Robin United normally do. Um, so. Yeah, it should be a very good game, um, but not to <clears throat> shoot down Oxford too much. They did get a very good result to say they are so uh, light on numbers due to COVID. I think they've got in an emergency keeper from Birmingham mm. um, and they had a bench full of more or less youth players against Fleetwood, but they still managed to win 3-1. Um, and I think that was that the game that cost Fleetwood manager his job as yeah, well. Grayson's on his bike now, isn't he? Yeah, but we know how to deal with COVID in, fact, um, COVID in the camp. We played very lightly against Barnsley and and that. So we'll be used to the level that they want to put in to try and keep the uh, momentum going for them. So that might be an advantage to us because we know how they're going to play. So we know how to shoot it down because we've done it ourselves. Mm. Yeah, and the last thing you want, once you've got if you've got a very thin squad because of COVID or another, the last thing you want is another game four days after your last one. And yeah, that's what exactly. they're going to have. If, if, it, if it was a bench full of kids, that's, that plays right into our hands. Um, and it helps Carl's, Carl's excuses. He can put them out in pre match conference calls. Instead of doing post match excuses, he can do pre match excuses, uh, which we know he likes to do. Um, Mick, do you want to have another talk about that? Mentioned the game from two years ago. You were there with uh, with your one of your, one of your sons. Um, Especially afternoon for a number of reasons, but yeah, a great afternoon. Fantastic! That first half performance was probably the best performance of that season. Uh, but like Danny's just said, there, you know, or I, I, Danny or you, I can't remember. I wasn't listening. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, 
we're, we're playing like that every every half of every game this season. You know, it is a very similar level to, to the way we were. In fact, probably, we're probably playing better than we were then. Mm. Um, so we're, we're going to go into every game expecting to win now, you know. But yeah, that was a very special game. It was a special game more for the, the mm. not only the result, but obviously what happened afterwards when uh, with, with Richie Barker. Um, yeah. yeah, it was it was very, very special. It still brings a lump to my throat now when I think about it. It was very, very emotional, that really emotional. Mm. It was, yeah, very much so. Um, we're now 15 games unbeaten, Danny. I saw the tweets, but I want to re recap the sort of sort of permutations of, of the, how far we are to break into the records. Yeah, let, let me get up the tweets. Hang on. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I, I, I thought we knew it were a good run, but then when you see, I saw these tweets, I thought, bloody hell, this is a good run. Yeah, and, and basically it was just because my brain was still travelling back from Ipswich at <laughs> whatever time of morning it was. I thought, what's our longest unbeat like? Mm. A consecutive unbeaten run. Here we go. Um, now, this isn't just... Well, summer it's just league football, but it is continuous result. Like, it's not broken by a loss in the cup, but still winning in the league sort of thing. Um, so, yeah, so we are now 15 games unbeaten, consecutive games unbeaten. The last time that happened was in 1950-51 uh, when we won the league. Um, but the record is 16 games unbeaten. Which was 1959, 1960, 1971, and 2013, 14. Um, 2013, 14 was all in the league, so this one's sort of behind it. I think we're 12 unbeaten in the league now. So mm. we're not that far behind. No. Uh, but yeah, we're just to compare it to 2013, 14. In that 16-game unbeaten run, we scored 39, conceded 16. So that's a goals per game of 2.4 scored, one conceded. 2021-22, remember this is a 15-game unbeaten run, so it's one less. 39 scored, seven conceded. So that's a goal per game of of 2.6 and 0.47 conceded. And you, and you look at that and it's like we're conceding under half a goal a game. That's one goal every other game instead of one, mm. game per, one goal per game. And it's just extraordinary to look yeah. at. And so we've got a 32 goal difference over the last 15 games. <laughs> it's ridiculous, wow. isn't it? You know. <laughs> yeah. This is this this may well be one of the best defensive seasons or, or 18 games in me, but defensively, we've conceded 13 goals all season in the league. Yeah. Now you've got to bear in mind four of those were against Fleetwood, which was an anomaly. That game in itself, I'm not taking away from Fleetwood performance. But we've proven since then that's not how we play. So if, if we ignore that game, mm -hmm. we would have considered nine goals from 17 games. Yeah. It's they're crazy numbers defensively. It's all fancy and you know, all cool to talk about your attacking stats. Those defensive stats are special so far. They are, but let's not just pile all the all the um all the plaudits on the defense because we are defending from Michael Smith backwards. Oh, yeah. And that's the difference of thing. Well. Um, you, yeah, you know what I mean. So, and, and now that Fred is joining in, you're you're absolutely right. You know, we, we are defending as an eleven, and and we we talked earlier on about the the commentary from uh, from Joe Matter. Very interesting that uh, the, the the kind of insight he gave into into how they keep the shape and and what they're expecting and how we press and so on and so forth. But that press is all about it's, that's that's part of the defensive unit. You know what I mean? Um, so we defend as an eleven, and I think that's. And we do it really, really well, and very, very disciplined. And I think that's that's as much as a contribution, contributory factor for us 
not conceding as having the likes of Richard Wood, Reg, Icky, Wes Harding back there as well. Um, you know, that they are doing it as a team. But listen, we are we're maybe fifteen games unbeaten. Let's let's we will lose. We could we, we may well oh, lose yeah. again this season. You know what I mean? We may not, but we may well. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, and, and but even to be in a position where you can say, Well, we might not lose again. We probably will. They, I mean, the, the chances of us not losing again are very, very slim, but they are there. You know what I mean? But we will lose again. And we may slip up at Oxford. It'd be sad if we have to slip up in front of Carl Robinson, but you know, yeah. so what? But you can, but I think you can see from this team that if we do, if we were to slip up at Oxford or anywhere else, the next game, get ready. You know, I wouldn't want to be the opposition the game after we lose. Um, mm. Definitely wouldn't. Mm. So, yeah. It's going to be a tough game on Saturday. Yeah, it is. Hell of a big, hell of a game. For me, Dan, that's probably our next big question. And I agree with Mick, I think, but when we lose, what's going to happen? Because we've seen it before with lesser teams at all levels, but lesser character, where they will go 20 games unbeaten, whatever it might be, they'll lose a game, and then they'll they'll go not winning seven games. It, It can happen to the best teams in the world. This team, for me, doesn't seem like they've got a character, but that's one of our next big challenges, what happens when we lose. Yeah, I think so. I think, like we've said, Fleetwood was definitely an anomaly. Like You could take away the Wigan loss and say, well, it's in the 95th minute, and mm. you know, in, in terms of 90 minutes played, it were a draw. Chef Wednesday, I mean, on the derby day, formed that at Winder, really. It's down to... Look at uh, look at ball and where the ball drops and everything. But take away the Fleetwood result, I don't think we would have gone fifteen games unbeaten. Mm. I think the Fleetwood right. result gave us a real kick, as if to go, "You're better than that," and we've just proven that we are. And all I can say is to the t- next team that beats us, whether it's Oxford or whoever it is, if they do beat us, fair play. But I think the response will be very similar to what happened against Fleetwood. It'll give us another kick as if to go, no, you're better than that, and we'll keep going. Mm. Um, but the one thing I can compare it to is a team that um, that's already had an unbeaten run and then lost, which is Plymouth. Plymouth mm. run ended, they lost, and then they lost 3-0. But they are still a good yeah. team. Um, the other team that's been unbeaten recently is Exeter. They had a 20-game unbeaten run and have now lost to Colchester in League Two. So I want to see what their response is like. You know, mm. will they lose another game? And if it happens to us, would we lose another game? Maybe. But the quality of our squad will eventually show through and mm. I can't see us losing that many this season. No. No, that's that's very, very egotistical to say. I can't see us losing many. You know, no. with the way we play football, the high press, the solid defence... Strikers that are scoring for fun, a midfield that's scoring for fun as well. Mm. Um, so yeah, that's all. That's all I can say. And you can, everyone can clip that as much as they want. I don't think we'll lose many this season. <laughs> clip it all you want. Yeah, the, the, the difference is with those two squads, with all those two teams you mentioned, is squad depth. Mm. Plymouth haven't got squad depth. We know because they've not. They're not flushing money. We're not flushing money, but we've got championship money coming down. Extra, I assume the same sort of situation. Not going to have a massive yeah. squad. If we lose two games on the bounce, he could make eight changes. I don't think he would, but he, <laughs> yeah. but he could make. If 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 there were two abysmal performances in a row, they'll just change it all or change so much of it. It's a different team. So then you can you don't have that that mental baggage from those two games. 
We're definitely getting Edward Solsley, by the way. <laughs> I know I have to <laughs> no, very much so, yeah. Um, let's bring back to Oxford. Weights, hang on. <laughs> bring back to Oxford. Um, they obviously, I've mentioned they have got the COVID issues, but they've still got some decent players in and around the team. James Henry, of course, was a thorn in our side last time and he scored the third goal for Oxford last time, I think. Um, as Ian Bradley mentioned, has got Cameron Brannigan on uh, playing as well as of a decent player. Uh, Mick, they've got a Billy Bowden playing from into your cricket umpire. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's, he's obviously uh, he's obviously changed sports and uh, lost about twenty years as well. Um, I hope he's not. <laughs> I hope he's not playing in goal because poor old Billy's got arthritic fingers, hasn't he? So I hope he's not goalie. They've got on loan from uh, from Birmingham. Um, he's not going to be very. He's not going to be catching many balls with uh, the arthritis that he's got. <laughs> or maybe yeah. I hope. Maybe maybe I hope he is playing in goal. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah. Um, a couple of the, the notable players I've heard of Gavin White, isn't it? He's a Northern Ireland, Northern Ireland international with Jim Ferguson. Herbie Kane, who is on loan from Barnsley, who people may have heard of before as well. Um, they've got they've got some good players. Let's not beat around the bush. Oxford are a team that are going to. It's, these are going to say for me, they're similar to Ipswich. They're going to be there or thereabouts. As much as we will give Carl Robinson as much grief as he can take, he knows League One. You know, he's not going to get him promoted because I don't think he's got the bottle for it. But he's going to make him in that area of the of the, of the division. He, he knows um, League One. He just can't get out of it unless he's got Delhi Alley playing for him. Yeah, yeah well, didn't go out. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, we've got Ben Wells playing for us in so. side as well. We've got Ryan Are Williams they? and Anthony Ford. But they must. Well, they didn't, when played on Saturday, on Tuesday, they must be out with the COVID. Something. Mm. Yeah, or, or something else. Yeah, um, I didn't. I didn't know Ryan Williams had gone there. Set yeah, for a he, minute. He'd been off Portsmouth. He goes to Oxford, and he's still stuck in League One. Bless him. <laughs> off Portsmouth, George scored again. He's got two this season. I know the first ones in League Cup. I don't really count that one. In, in Papa John's, but George scored an actual competitive league goal. Um, unbelievable. I mean, it's maybe he's found his level. One every so often in. I mean, it, I mean, it wasn't exactly a screamer, though, was it? It sort of bounced off him and gone in. You know, I, I mean, yeah. they all they all count the same, and it's not taking it away from him. But you know, he still hasn't scored a striker's goal, shall we say? Um, and I mean, they even said it on on the um, he might have been on their on um, what's it called on EFL on Quest. He didn't mm. score for forty seven. League appearances in the Championship and League One, and now he's finally scored for Portsmouth. But I will say, fair play to him. I do, I do honestly, really, really hope he kicks on with it and actually finds his form as a striker. Hmm. But to bring it back down to earth, it wasn't a striker's goal. It's just sort of gone ping and gone in off him. Hmm. But you know, fair, fair play. He's off the mark, and he might kick on with it now. Yeah, possibly. We're play, playing again in April, so if you can. If you can... Be rubbish in April. We'd appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's go for the school. Some predictions. We'll do lineup. Then, then scores. Mick. Any changes? It's 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 a Tuesday Saturday game with a lot of travel as well. You've got to bear in mind we travel all the way back from Ipswich, travel all yeah. the way down to Oxford. That's going to. Yeah. Ben might laugh at that, but that's going to take some out of the legs as well. Um, what? You, if if anything, what are you changing? I'm not changing anything. I don't see the point. Why would you? Mm. After that, after that performance, how can you justify changing anything unless there's an injury? 
Well, there is an injury in there, but we don't know who. There's a, somebody's picked up a hamstring strain, or it's only minor. But from right. what Paul Warren said, it may keep somebody out of Saturday, but I don't know who that might be. It's, as you'd mm. expect, keeps it close to his chest. Yeah, it could be Vickers. It could be what he did. Maybe it wasn't his groin. Maybe it was a, a hamstring that, that tightened up. Um, mm. So Victor stays in there and, and you know, everybody's happy. But, but ultimately, I mean, we, we do this at the end of every podcast now, don't we? You know, coming up, the game coming up, who do we think will play? You know, what, what changes are there going to be? And, and re in reality, do we really care? Is, is, does it matter? Does it matter who who plays, who don't play, <laughs> who's on bench, who, who's, who's in that first team squad? Because they're all going to do the same thing. They're all going to play to the same level. You know what I mean? And that 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 is the absolute key to this. You know, mm. it does not matter who we think is going to play. They're all going to be, perform at the same level that we saw last on Tuesday night. Mm. Um, Hardy came out for Ricky Danny. Any, I don't know why this, why that was to be honest with you. But is there any any doubt in your mind that we should just, if possible, go same back three if if everybody's happy and fit? Yeah, I think we should go same back three if everyone's happy. I mean, I think the reason why Ricky came in for Hardy was because there was going to be <clears throat> a lot more running in the channels from the midfielders, mm. uh, and Hardy likes to do that when he's playing his left side as centre back. So I think. To bring a more defensive-minded player in was the right thing to do, and then just to send Chio and Ferguson off down the channels. The only changes I can see is if Woody uh, does need a bit of conditioning, maybe bring him out. Uh, potentially the player that's done his hamstring, if it's a starting player, like it could be Lindsay from being a bit too yeah. overzealous in the game. Or Chio, Chio's those issues. Yeah, mm -hmm. or Chio, but I think it's the right thing to do by keeping it close to a chest because it makes mm. the whole mind game thing come into it of, oh, is it a starting player? Is it on the bench? Ooh. You know, you, you have to prepare for both now. Um, so, yeah, they're the only real changes I can see happening. I, I don't think we'd change the starting uh, the starting two up front. Uh, midfield was solid, so I'd keep that the same, again, unless there's a little bit of conditioning that's needed. But the next game's Papa John's trophy, so, you know... Just go all out and then and then rest. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, and we make keep it as as same as we possibly can. I think. Mm. Yeah, I think hopefully we'll see Rathbone back on the bench. Um, but <clears throat> again, with Rathbone, if he needs time, he's got time. He can play Tuesday. He can play Friday against Stockport. We can gradually bring him back in. Um, exactly. So hopefully, that's how. It, that's hopefully that's how it goes. If uh, we'll wait and find out who the Armstrong guy is. Uh, predictions, Danny. What are your thoughts on predictions? We all underplayed ourselves, I think, for Tuesday. So what do you remember for Saturday? <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going to say 3-1 again. I like it. I have, I have my suspicions that because we've done Ipswich the same scoreline we did two years ago, mm. the whole thing will be up in the dressing room with, well, if you can do it to Ipswich, you can certainly do it to Oxford. Mm. So, yeah, I'm going to say 3-1 to us. Yeah, I wonder if um, Carl will lock, lock everybody out at stadium again. Like did oh, that were ridiculous two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, like, I saw it come up on my Twitter feed whilst we were in the ground. It's like, what? Oh, no. I, I hope it does it again. That would be, be hilarious if he did it again, because it'll just wind everybody up a bit more. Um, <laughs> yeah. Idiot. I'm going to go 3-0, because I think their COVID, COVID problems are going to play up for them. Um, if they had a full squad, I'd be concerned. Very Well, to an extent, concerned. 
But with the COVID issues and playing two games in four days, it's going to be a lot from We know how much that strain can take on a full squad in March, April last year. Never mind a threadbare squad because of not their fault. Uh, Mick? Yeah, I mean, my sort of... Um, been watching Millers for however many <laughs> years... Uh, head is telling me that sooner or later we're going to lose one, and let's not be let's not be too too hasty. Could it be this one? Nah. But my heart's saying, "Don't be so stupid." It's going to be three nil. Um, I'm going to go. I'm going to go two one to Millers. Four. I think. We're, I think. Yeah. I think we're going to. I think we'll. We'll. I think we should win. I think we will win. But I don't think it's going to be as easy as uh, as Tuesday night was. Mm. I hope you're wrong. I don't. Hey mate, listen, <laughs> listen. I will be happy Sunday night. I'll be, I'll be dancing for joy if I'm completely wrong and it was four nil, three nil, whatever. Mm. Yeah. Um. So that's Rotherham United cover. We've got a couple of other topics we need to. We need, We are going to cover because they're still sort of at Rotherham United. Uh. The the first one is quite an easy short one. Nick Towers and mentions about the Brown, Barnsley ground share. It was just a suggestion, wasn't it? Now this has resurfaced. I seem to recall this coming out as news. 12 to 18 months ago, they asked mm. us to ground share. Um, they've now asked they've now asked Bradford to ground share. Um, it's not going well for Barnsley at the minute. Rock, uh, not well, not bottom, obviously, but things are going very, very badly for Barnsley after their amazing season last year. Um, I assume we've said no, we must have said no because it's not happened yet. Um, are you happy with that, boys? But that we've told them to basically sod off, I think that's right yeah. for us. Do one, yeah. Yeah, I think it might come down to our ground not actually being big enough for what they need. Um, yeah, massive I, I think, so. Yeah, but I don't think it even got to that point. I think we just what the suggestion is of could we do a ground share? We've just gone no. Mm. You know, I, th- I think that's as far as it went, and it's just resurfaced because uh, the West Stand at Oakwell shut now. So looking for yes. alternatives, so that's probably why it's resurfaced. But yeah, I saw it come out about a year ago. Not really happened mm. from it. Um, so yeah, moving on. <laughs> moving on. Um, now we've got to briefly mention Sheffield United. Um, they've sacked their manager, Slavica Yakanovic, brought in Paul Heckingbottom. How that's a step up, I will never know. But that's not the point we're here to talk about. Um, it's here to talk about ownership. Um, now, many of you may have seen or heard these comments from their chairman, um, but I'm just going to read you an excerpt from Angry's first name is Sunich Yusuf. Uh, he says, uh, on appointing Paul Heckingbottom as the manager, as permanent manager, I am told that is it not, it is, that it is not a title that will go down well here. I don't care. I am not from Sheffield, and I am not a football man. I am a chairman. Now, that is only 20, 20 30 words, <laughs> not even that, but there's quite a lot to pick out of that, Mick. <laughs> um, I think there is. Is don't care. He's not a football man, runs a football club. Um, and we, we know he's not from Sheffield, but it's just an embar- it's embarrassing. Uh, they, I know they don't care, you know, clearly don't care. Yeah. It's embarrassing that these people are allowed to run the football football clubs in any country, never mind this country. It's, it's funny, isn't it, that, you know, 20 years ago, if you'd have said that Rotherham United will be the best-run football club in South Yorkshire, not even close... You know what I mean? By a, by a country mile, the best-run football club in South Yorkshire. Everybody would have laughed at you. But, but we are. We are. Ten years ago, people would have laughed um, at you. Yeah, they, they would. And, yeah. and this is what you get when you get people like that in charge of a football club. This is exactly what you get. 
You know, we, we see it every day, day in, day out in Premier League. We've got it, we've got it down at Swillsborough. Oh, they've got it down at Swillsborough. But that's just funny for us. It's just 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 a, just a, low, a joke, isn't it? You know, Barnsley have got a similar sort of setup there. I don't know what they're doing at Barnsley. Um, you know, that ever since they came in, they, yeah, they got promoted. Now they're going to get relegated. They seem to be shipping managers every two minutes um, and, and talk about moving grounds, you know. It all, it's just, yeah, I don't know. And, and to be honest with you, while ever we've got Tony Stewart in charge, uh, I don't care, you know. I genuinely don't. I do feel, I feel a bit for United fans because I don't think they deserve it. But, you know, it's be careful what you wish for, don't you? You know, if you want some Saudi prince coming in and bringing you multi-millions of pounds, then, like I said, be careful what you wish for because they ain't going to bring you multi-millions of pounds. They're only going to come in if they can take millions of pounds out of it. Mm. That's why they've got millions of pounds. As is. That's the question. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, we are lucky, Danny. We've got a guy who cares about the club who's sensible who's got his brain switched on. Uh, and that's all you can ask for. That's all you can ask for, really, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And I think um, it's testament to how Tony Stewart's turned this club round from a club that went into administration twice within a season or within the year or whatever it was to the, the only club that made any sort of substantial profit in a championship season. Mm. Um, <clears throat> now, to being where we are now, <clears throat> like Mick says, probably the best run club in South Yorkshire in terms of um, not losing vast amounts of money and overstretching ourselves. Um, but there was a report that came out recently called the Crouch Report, and it mm. is basically investigating uh, clubs and sustainability. And there's only two notable instances of praise for how a club's being run in this country. The first one was Accrington, and the second one was us. <laughs> and the only <clears throat> difference between our praise and Accrington's is that we are trying to be in the championship, but because of how much money there is in the championship and how much money is being lost in the championship to try and compete, that's that's he's basically said that's why we can't establish yourself in the championship because we try and do it <clears throat> the sustainable way and then fall short because no one else is doing it the sustainable way. And it's quite an on-the-nose comment and I'm inclined to agree. And I think that's the reason why the football regulator is trying to bring in a new fan-led review thing. So that's yeah. like every club has to have a fan-led review of the board and everything. I'm all for it. Not surprised the Premier League don't want it. Have you seen what the Aston Villa chairman's uh, CEO said? He's basically yeah. poo it of, oh, it's, it's killing the golden goose and we are the sustainability of English football because all the money comes from the Premier League. And English, that... football's, and English football's not sustainable without the top flight. Grow up. Is, English, English just... football's not sustainable without a top flight. They, they can bugger off and form a Super League. English football's sustainable from the little clubs like us, Accrington, who are a football club purely for their community. It doesn't matter how big you are internationally. If you're a football club that's at heart in your community and you're pulling decent numbers in your community, like we are, you are the bedrock of English football. End of discussion. Yeah. You know. Uh, those comments from the Aston Villa chairman or whatever he is, a CEO. Name check him. Christian Perslow. Christian what? Perslow. Perslow. Uh, mate, I can't, I can't name check him properly because we do have kids listening to this. So, I mean, <laughs> for, for, the, for the CEO of a club that cheated their way into the Premier League. And cheated survival. And, and cheated survival on, on the pitch. Cheated their way in there off the pitch. I'm sorry. How, how has he, has he got any credibility at all any 
because then to come out with a comment like that just just erodes any further credibility that he's got. The man's a clown, an absolute clown. Yeah. This this fan-led review and this report that's come out is potentially vital for the survival of the pyramid. Not not the not necessarily the ninety-two, the entire football pyramid. This football regulations have to come in, and we're very lucky that at a time if this comes in the next three or four years, it will benefit us. We're lucky. We're lucky. We've got a person in charge who's caused that, even if it didn't benefit us. This, these changes have got to come in. The Premier League are not going to vote, are not going to vote for it themselves because they will be cutting their cutting their nose off to spat the face, or whatever, whatever phrase you want to use. That's what it would be doing. So fine, there's got to be independent review. The government are making the right noises, um, but knowing governments and things, like, it could be a general election in three months, and then it all goes and then it all goes away. My concern is they're talking. This is going to happen in three or four years' time. It needs to happen sooner. There needs to be balls rolling sooner. We need to see this change now, put into law now or you know, within this year. Because if it doesn't, if something else happens, this, this could all go away, couldn't it? And football needs this. Football needs this change. And Christian Perslow has just given the whole world an example of why this change is needed. If, if, you're, if they, you're wondering about it, just listen to that sudden interview. It's ridiculous. I think the way Sky Sports reported on it as well shows what their stance is, because it was a very... Biased way of the umdenard about it. If you watch mm. the way they've they've done it on YouTube, it's a very umdenar sort of debate to it. Mm. Um, but like you say, if there is a general election and the party in charge does swing the other way, I hope that football doesn't get left under the rug when the parties change mm. because you've got the Conservatives who have said they want to have this independent review. You've got Labour saying they are the party for the working class. Am I? Uh, challenge to them is prove it. Football's a working class game. Prove it. Yeah. Ultimately, I mean, it's not about politics. Ultimately, it doesn't matter who's in no. charge. It doesn't matter who the government is. It's about money. Um, and whichever party is in charge, the people in charge, the people in the Premier League will buy their way into this not happening. That's that's what will happen, one way or another. Um, it's just corrupting it. But we'll see. It's going to be interesting. It just adds a little bit of flavour mm. to to the off the field. Uh, off the field thing on it so off the field uh, mm. things so whatever whatever mm. yeah we'll keep a close eye on that hopefully we're happy because we're Millers we're happy for now yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah Um. so yeah I think we've got long again but that's because the football will force us to talk about other things Um. Mm. so we'll get it there well thank you for watching if you are watching on, on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter make sure you've subscribed to YouTube and follow us on Twitter follow us on Facebook um, you'll see all the stuff we put out on there as well don't forget Danny's match day vlog from Ipswich is up so once this is finished go over and watch that that'll cheer you right if you're having a bad if you know if you're, watching, if you're listening to this on Friday afternoon and you just need a little bit of a pick me up just call it just watch that <laughs> 10, 10, 10 minutes of stuff yeah. you'll cheer right up or go and watch the highlights of I follow and listen out for the Gavin Ward chant yeah 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 yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, if you are on this iTunes, Spotify, please do subscribe to iTunes, follow us on Spotify, give us a five-star rating. Uh, if you can, we will be very, very appreciative of that. We'll whack Sunday night, where we will be looking back at the Oxford game. There may be a look at the Pizza Trophy. It won't be a very in-depth look ahead to the Pizza Trophy, but we might mention a couple of bits about it. Uh, mm. But it won't be a proper preview. Uh, Danny, it's been a pleasure as always. Thank you for your work today, and thank you for your matchday vlogs as well. We very much appreciate them. No worries at all. They're always enjoyable to do. I'm sorry for rambling and uh, about the football thing there, but if football is your passion, you can't help be passionate, can you? Exactly. Exactly. We love it. That's why we're here, don't we? 
Um, and Mick, I, th I, we, I think the world appreciates you bringing yourself through this man flu. Um, yeah, I've dragged myself into put this. And it's, uh, it's been tough, mate. It's been tough. But I, every time I coughed, I've muted it so I don't spread any germs. Um, so we should be all right. But uh, I'll be better for Sunday night. I'm not going to make Oxford, unfortunately. I'm, uh, I'm going to be in Wales, so Sunday night should be interesting. But we'll see how that pans out. So I'm going to be uh, I'm going to be one of the I follow audio listeners on the <laughs> on Saturday afternoon, which I'm not especially looking forward to. But I should if if it's anything it's which is anything to go by, I should find out by about seven o'clock Saturday night what score is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, possibly. Um, thank you all for watching. Thank you, sir. and we'll see you all on Sunday. Thank you, guys. Bye bye.